You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insights and entertainment three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, bright and early when you're driving to work or brewing your morning coffee. Be sure to conveniently download the Odyssey app. Turn on those auto downloads so that you can have all the new episodes right there waiting for you every time we Kaylee and I jump on here and give you more Buccaneers news. You can also stream Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on all of your favorite and convenient streamable platforms, i.e. Apple and all of the other exciting ones. I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time to sail into a new episode. It was game day, Kaylee. We had week five Falcons, Bucks back at Raymond James Stadium. The good news being the Bucks finally got a W at home, 21 to 15, and now they sit at the top of the NFC South. We got a chance to talk about that with a local, well, not local, but a fellow Odyssey podcaster, uh, Bo Morgan, who joined us on the previous episode. So if you did not catch that, please feel free to hop back and see why Bo was so confident that his Falcons were going to pull off a W today. And while we ran into each other in the press box, um, he didn't get the good news. Bucks did. Kaylee, how are you? How is the game for you? How's your Sunday? I'm great. My Sunday is going well. Uh, yeah, it was a good day overall. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a great day. It was action packed, Casey. I mean, there. this is like my favorite season, A, because I mean, I, I've already mentioned on several <laughs> pods that I love the fall. All I the like the chill of the weather. I like soup weather. I like pumpkin, right? Yeah. I love all of it. I, in fact, I like made a homemade tomato soup today recommended just making some homemade soup so good i'm still Um, on press box food so i think i ate like half a brisket (laughs) but on top of that it's the best season for sports it is the best you have like you're in the full swing of things for football Mm -hmm. you have the nhl starting you have playoffs i mean between playoff baseball catching you know lightning preseason game catching the different, you know, football games today. I'm just like living my best <laughs> self. It's, it's, I mean, it is beautiful over You're here. Living. In my house. It is, this is like prime time, Kaylee. I don't sleep very much because there's so many sports going on. So I just like <laughs> wake up, watch sports, go to sleep. Watch, you know what I mean? Like, oh, just, it never, I mean, there's literally baseball on in my living room right now. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. And it's like between baseball and football, right? Like this is the, this is also the time of year where you have to have all of the screens out. So you have to have like, okay, I've got like baseball set up and I've got, okay, okay yes. set up and I've got hockey set up and I'm like checking fantasy and other scores. On my phone. <laughs> constantly refreshing. So it's, this is uh, where our multitasking skills come to life. Truly. Very truly. much so. Glad to be a part of the millennial generation where we had 15 million <laughs> things to do and we we're like got started on the internet and you know I'm Stay good on top of all of it. I'm good at multitasking, man. I can do it. Yeah, because I was just talking, and it's funny too that you mentioned that because you pay attention to like two, three, four sports at a time. I'm just trying to manage two, and our producer right beforehand is like, "It was a, it was a 24 hours for you," and I'm like, "Well, let me tell you about my 24 hours." two games less than 24 hours and you can't be mad about it because it's just it's it's beautiful i get to sit there and awe for half the time then i get to challenge my multitasking skills for the other time of it and then i get to drag my butt to my car complaining about life but then when my shoes come off and my sweatpants come on i'm back to the oh this is so fulfilling and exciting so yeah 
<laughs> as soon as I unwrap, yeah, then I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I decided to dress down a little bit. I'm rocking my lightning Tampa Bay over New York shirt today. So I'm like, I'm juggling all of the things. <laughs> I'm juggling all of the things. Uh, but Casey, I mean, getting into to today, well, you mentioned it off the top. This was a great win by the Bucks. It snapped a two-game losing skid, and it was their first home win. It continued to keep them in the reins of the division, uh, which is very important. I know it's early on, but it's very important. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to get started by talking about just some things that we saw in the offense and Casey, I'm going to start on the positive. This yeah. this team, okay, I'm going to make the claim that they got off to the fa a fast start. Now, I know that on their first drive, it was not what we hoped for, but they still got off to a fast start offensively. And that was something that you and I spoke about for weeks. Right. <laughs> that they needed to be able to do. And this might be the first game where they did it and they did it well. They got into the end zone. They were able to capitalize. And that was really, really important that they were able to get off to that fast start. And especially as this game kind of took shape, you realize that that fast start really did save them in some ways. And, and, and it's what we talked about before. And it's what even Tom Brady has said before when we reference his comments, you know, like you can't be in a hole. This offense nope. started strong. And maybe for the first time this season, they started in a really strong place. And that was really good to see. Yeah, I would say that in comparison to last week's loss, they made some adjustments. I think the biggest thing to build off of your positive that you and I have talked about so much is that what helped them have a faster start than they have in, in the past couple of weeks is the fact that they did finally get a little bit more creative. I liked some of the balanced attack that the offense delivered um, while it wasn't over a consistent four quarters, you know, beggars can't be choosers all the time. I'm, I'm learning guys. I'm learning to stop asking for so much and it's helping <laughs> with my mental. So we are, we are doing well, we're doing well over here. Um, but you're right. You know, faster start than last week, for sure. They had more of a balanced attack. You saw, you know, even though, <laughs> They've heard me on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns so much say stop handing the ball to Lenny over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that still happened, but not just not right out the gate. First quarter, back to back to back to back to back. Lenny uh, handoffs. As a matter of fact, Leonard Fournette ended up being one of the most productive and functional players on this roster today for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not even as a running back. He led this team in rushing yards as well as receiving yards. Lenny, I don't even know what nickname to call him. We'll get to that in a little bit because I got to ask him about his nickname preferences because I started giving him all sorts of nicknames throughout the game. But um, Lenny, let's get after it. Lenny, right. man, there's there's a lot. There's a lot we could go. There's some good but ones. I, I, I was proud I of be, myself. Yeah. Did you rattle but, them off to him? I did, but then I but then he was like, huh? And then I was like, let me narrow it down to the last two tweets that I sent out. Do you like lower the shoulder Lenny or Mack Truck Lenny? And he was like, lower what? And I was like, lower the shoulder Lenny. He's like, say it again. And I was like, ugh, lower the shoulder Lenny or Mack Truck Lenny. And he's like, nah, I don't like lower the shoulder. It's Mack Truck Lenny. So that's what we'll call him. He chose Mack Truck Lenny. Um, I had that up for He's a second. I'm gonna because that man right. just, freaking <laughs> just get the job done, Lenny. But um, for whatever your preference may be, Jolly Roger fans, whatever you want to call him, Mister Fournette had 14 carries for 56 yards, but 10 receptions for 83 yards, leading the wide receiving room today. Get it done. Get it done. Casey, I was very impressed by Leonard Fournette, and I'm going to get to him a little bit later in this podcast, but I also, so excitedly, we saw parts, especially early on in the game, we saw Chris Godwin, and it was like the redemption of Chris Godwin. It was yes. amazing. Just and him, him and Tom Brady, like they were just on it. They were like in the I zone. I seriously, together. I literally tweeted about it. I'm like, this is the most beautiful oh thing to watch. God. It was fantastic. It was mm -hmm. so great to see not only was Chris Godwin thriving and like looking like his like beautiful, healthy self, but also just the chemistry that he had with Tom Brady and those mm -hmm. few drives. It, 
it it like gave you hope. You're like, yes, this they're moving the ball. They're moving the ball. He's Yes. Um, so I think that that was for, for me as someone who has been like frustrated with like how things have turned out or, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of, of spreading it around in that wide receivers room to see Chris Godwin get to that place today where he's having a lot of success and he's, and he's having a lot of chemistry and they're moving mm-hmm. the ball down the field. And you like see this resurgence of like old Chris Godwin. I think that was really, really exciting. And not just for me, but for Bucks fans collectively, I think Absolutely. Jolly and touchdown fans, like, chime in like let us know on social because i know that you guys were excited and i and i was for sure excited for you casey when you saw all of those things play out the, those receptions and that chemistry i know you said you tweeted about it but mm-hmm. how, how much hope did that give you uh in this offense when they're going down and they're and they're driving the ball hard and chris godwin is like the guy who's really doing it Oh my gosh, so much hope because for one, you know, we know that Chris Godwin, of course, to protect his body has been on a bit of a snap count. It was scary to have him back and then lose him to the hamstring. And the reality of it is while they, the team released a statement saying, oh, one injury has nothing to do with the other. Typically, certain knee injuries, you know, can translate to tight hamstrings and tight hamstrings can get irritated very easy. So I think as a whole, um, this offense was nervous about the pace in which he came back. Then he had to go out for a minute. Then he came back on a snap count. And now you said it, Kaylee, he looked healthy or at least healthier. If we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, you know, he looked like he started to find yep. that confidence again in his body, in his leg. Um, there was a couple tackles that he ate out there that I was just mortified because I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't like the idea of seeing him get hit because I just, I wasn't sure as a, as a, as a, you know, media person, or even as a fan, is he ready for this? Is he ready for this kind of hit? I was about to, I was ready to be pissed at the Falcons and find some reason to whatever. But all that to say is that he took every hit like a champ. He looked more confident in his body. He looked even healthier. And that connection with him and Tom Brady looks like it has not wavered a bit. I mean, he was still making some pretty complex catches out there, which is what you want to see in someone that the team claims is healthy. And so that puts him on the right trajectory to be a bigger piece to this offense. And if he can get to that bigger piece, if he can be one of the top receivers, which he was the se- the second leading receiver in today's statistics, I'm all over the place, guys. Um, then it just, it, it brings you so much hope in many ways, not only because this offense needs to start becoming wholesome again, but also because they catch a little bit of a break in their schedule and then it gets complicated again. And you're going to want Chris Godwin fully healthy and capable. You're going to want Mike Evans fully healthy and capable and any other guy that can contribute, but have that trust and that chemistry with Tom Brady, because the decision-making is going to have to get even more, even faster. If you will, the offensive line doesn't have much slack or, you know, wiggle room for excuses anymore. At this point, they've been playing together for weeks now. Um, The only highlight here is the return of Ryan Jensen, which hasn't been a conversation since week two. Yeah. Yep. Casey, there were some other really, really positive things to come out of today. Uh, Tom Brady, I'm going to just throw it on Tom Brady to hype up your guy. Tom Brady said post-game, and I quote, we have a lot of confidence in him. And for Tom oh, Brady, I'm so glad you're mentioning like this. For Tom Brady to give out compliments, I'm so glad you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> to give out those kind of compliments is a big deal because Tom Brady has very high expectations, not just for himself, but for everyone that surrounds him. And he's very impressed with K.N., who had six receptions today, Casey. Yes. He had over 40 yards. And he really did fill in that spot for Cameron Bray. And I don't know, he might have left Cameron Bray without a job. He performed really well. Yes. Oh my gosh, Kaylee. Yes, 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 yes. I legit, I had this noted. I I mean, I knew you would bring it up, but I'm just excited because, um, I mean, again, I'm going to always refer to my Twitter guys because that's what I do during the games. No, I'm kidding. We'll follow but- her at the sports page for, <laughs> for all of these in-game updates. The in-game and- commentary. <laughs> because literally, I think it was by his second or third reception I tweeted and I was like, this is Kate Otten's breakout, breakout performance, breakout game. 100%. And I'm here for it. I, I love to see it. It's his confidence. It's his, he just has this 
quiet, strong, ready to go demeanor about him. And Brady even touched on that. And luckily <laughs> I had the, I had the honor and pleasure of actually asking Brady that question in the post game press conference. And I could not, I was itching to ask it because I'm like, come on, this kid's a rookie. He's coming back off of something that could mentally rock you in so many different directions. You know, um, I can just speak for myself. When I lost my stepdad, I was not a human being for, for weeks, almost months after. So if anybody, if a team was relying on me after, I could not be Kate Otten. So I just give this kid so much credit for so many different things. But aside from, you know, the sensitivity note of it all, training camp. He just had a way about him, and I said it in training camp. This kid's going to have a larger role with this team than we think. And mind you, people thought I was just fluffing air. I wasn't even a fan of this kid getting drafted. I had to eat that L, send myself off the plank, come back, regroup, and give this kid credit for what he did in training camp, and then make a fair analysis of what he could do, you know, in his first NFL season. And I think he's building beautifully. And today was just, it was so great to see. I mean, that's probably my top positive of the day was seeing Kate Otten's uh, involvement. And, you know, just imagine this kid with maybe 10 more pounds of muscle on him. And as he steps oh into, you know, his manhood that much more over the next couple of seasons, I mean, this guy can be something special. So yeah. And leading into halftime, he was number two within the receiving core for the most yards. He started helping them pick up in crucial moments. Um, yeah, I think he had a drop or two, but again, we're talking about a rookie tight end here who missed a game this season. So he's, you know, only been involved in three out of five games, <laughs> if you will, or four yeah. out of five, uh, if I'm doing that correctly, it's late. So yeah, I was very excited about that. And it was just great to see Brady's response on all of it, calling him impressive, saying that he's confident, saying how much he loves football. If there's something we know that translates with Tom Brady, it's the passion and the love for football above all else. Um, and for him to recognize that and in a kid very new to this level of football is just, it's great. And I think Brady may have found his next go-to target in those big moments. And I'm just excited to see what Kate Otten does and how he builds off of this performance because the Falcons are not terrible. And no. while people fail to give them the credit that they're, that they're due, especially this year, this season so far, that was a great start for Kate Otten against, against a defense that was really bringing the pressure. And I think not just for Kate Otten, but Casey, I think for this offense as a whole, we talked about how last week was their breakout offensive performance, that 31-point performance, but they lost. Right. I think this was a fantastic follow-up. They mm -hmm. win. It, 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 it is a pretty great performance, this 21-point performance by the offense. It's not perfect by any means. There's still things that they can improve on, but it's but it's really, really good. And – I think that now, as I look at the team as a whole, I think that there's a lot of players who are stepping into that confidence and not to like be, you know, call, call something too early, but it does in some ways remind me of and resemble the 2020 season, which this team took a few weeks, I think up to like week eight or nine to really Get that. Chemistry. Nobody thought that they were Super Bowl contenders in the beginning of that no season. One. And no. this team currently has more hype than the 2020 team did. Mm -hmm. And they didn't live up to the hype always way too, you know, early on. However, they have gotten the confidence back in that room. And that's so important in this game. And that's so important whenever you take a look around this room and mm -hmm. really what Todd Bowles said after the game is, is one of the guys that brings that confidence and is the whole, he literally called him the heart and soul of the offense is Mike Evans. Yes. And while he, he didn't have insane numbers today. He had insane catches. <laughs> what he did was a highly, highly productive, insane catches. It was just this phenomenal way of going out and just, making plays and it really I think brought the offense to another level um and he was there he he showed up for the offense when they needed him he made the catches when they needed him so it, it, it's not like he had like you know I think he had what four receptions if I'm looking at this correctly you know for 81 yards but they're very productive receptions you know what I mean they're 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 very very productive, timely, 
and really gave this team a lot of confidence. Yeah, Mike Evans is just that guy for this team. And it's funny because there was just so many different weird commentaries coming out after the game about <laughs> Mike Evans needs more respect on his name or this on his name. Like, I don't think that that I don't think that people don't recognize Mike Evans for who he is. I think it's different because Mike Evans is such an elite player, an elite athlete, if you will. And he has one of the most humble human beings you will ever come across. I mean, if you run into him in Tampa Bay, he's always paying for the meals of the people behind him. If he's in a restaurant or to go line or, you know, always paying it forward. He's just constantly paying it forward. So I think because he just has this humility to him and this leadership quality, that's just so rare, honestly, because <laughs> a lot of people think that in order to be a leader, you got to bark and you don't have to leading by example is way more strong. And Mike Evans lives by that. So with that said, when he does suit up, when he is able to be a part of this offense, when he is able to, you know, make a big catch, even if he has 10 receptions or two receptions, Mike Evans always has this one catch that's just electrifying in almost every oh, single game, you know? And so to be that kind of player, yeah, he made 81 yards count today. You wouldn't watch Mike Evans play versus the Falcons today and think that he had 81 yards. You would watch Mike Evans play versus the Falcons and think that he came out with 124 yards for this team. And it's all because of just his style and his execution. And my favorite part was this 40 yard gain that he got. And in order to get that 40 yard gain, I think his catch was almost like 70 to 20 yards out, but he's over here breaking tackles, wiggling his way out, using his height, using his body. And he's not the thickest guy, if you will, but he made it look that way. Like Mike Evans looked like a yak guy for a second, which was fun. <laughs> so he breaks these tackles. He maneuvers his way, fighting to get to the end zone, throw, lobbies his body, you know, to the corner, left corner side of the end zone. And he thought he got the touchdown. Everybody in the stadium thought he got the touchdown. And of course it wasn't, it was, you know, at the one yard line, but he makes football exciting. And so one play, 10 plays, there's something Mike Evans does that just sends, you know, hope and excitement and, and motivation and inspiration through this roster, this team and through the stadium. And, and he did that today versus the Falcons regardless. So yeah, a top tier player, always excited to watch him no matter what people say. So many great things from today's performance. And Casey, I don't really have that many things that I want this team to do better, but there are things that they can improve on. And I would say, the biggest thing for me, and I'll be interested to hear your perspective on what you think, but the biggest thing for me was that it seemed like later in the game, because they had they moved the ball so well and they were really performing and clicking on all the cylinders, and there and I just I just it was like pour it on them, like just mm -hmm. drive up this score. I was and waiting later, for that too. Later in the game, they had some difficulties doing that. So they come out mm -hmm. in the second half and punch it in again to make it 21-0. And you're mm -hmm. like, this is fabulous. <laughs> but then Casey, over the next three drives, they they don't even get a first down. Yep. Literally. They have the ball three times on three different drives and they can't even get a first down on any of those three drives. One yep. of the drives, Casey, they had the ball for like 36 seconds. In total, they had possession of the ball in those three drives for less than four minutes. Yeah. And so my biggest like frustration is that they did have a faster start. They did get off to things early but then it seems like they let up on the gas or that it, or or that they let the Falcons figure them out and they didn't try to readjust or re-get creep. And it just, it, they started stalling. And I think, and we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about the defense, but it just put them in a position where they didn't want to be in because they found themselves, they both sides of the ball, frankly, were stalling at the same time. And that's never a position that you want to find yourselves in. And so this offense, I think there was some frustration that they that they didn't push harder towards the end of the game or that they didn't figure it out and make those adjustments to to continue to drive and to mm -hmm. continue to move the ball because they did have a hard time with it, but it was just towards the end of the game this time when they already had a great lead and they weren't going to at this point in time um, lose the game. 
Yeah. And honestly, you, you basically kind of touched on it. It's the fact that there was a lack of adjustments made and that starts to go into play calling. So a lot of the play calling frustrations that fans and media were feeling and seeing last week that reared its ugly head <laughs> come yeah. middle, you know, middle of the third quarter there, because there were just some honestly compromisable play call plays being called that set them back. And Brady said it after the game, we had way too many three and outs and you can't go out there and three and out issues was an issue in week two, for sure. You can't go out there and just keep turning the ball back over to your defense and expect your defense to continue to keep you in games. Not this early in the season. I know we're moving along here and it's week five, but you know, this Bucks defense has been what's really kept this game alive for the Bucks offense. So it's got to, it's, I don't know if it's hard to be cons consistent and creative or what the issue may be, or maybe it was just, you know, hard to adjust. Um, when we talked to Bo Morgan on the previous episode about the Falcons and the fact that their pass rush is very much underestimated, you know, luckily Tom Brady's Jersey stayed clean for the most part. There was one sack on him that ended up playing into a pass, you know, uh, roughing the passer kind of thing. Cause there was some nut anyhow. Um, all that to say is that, you know, they were heavily underestimated and this offensive line had, you know, a tall task on their hands for sure. And, you know, Luke Gedeke was having some worked up moments there. And then he kind of led the way for Lenny to break through in a few plays. You saw Kyle Rudolph finally dress out. And when he did, I kind of noticed that he was coming in on more of those run plays to help with the blocking. We know that Co'Keefe is one of their, you know, top guys to have in on blocking plays and stuff. So it seems like they start to get creative and then they fall back into old patterns. And I think by the second half, if you do something like that, if you fall back into old patterns, if you can't adjust, as you said, and then you add you know, fatigue or exhaustion or the later end of the game on top of that, that's going to put you in a real bad, real bad spot. Yeah. Um, not helpful. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that you saw from this offense that you were like, well, we need to step it up. <laughs> well, so I was pretty surprised at the fact that like, yes, I love seeing Mike Evans production. Of course, my, my highest rave is, is Kate Otten's involvement. Um, I'm always in favor of whatever Koki does for the day. Who cares? <laughs> but, and then Leonard Fournette being, you know, Max truck, Lenny, run it, Lenny, pass, catch Lenny, whatever you want to call him. For me, it was also the fact that Russell Gage just faced his former team and had two receptions for 20 yards. And that was it. Um, yeah. He found the end zone on a two point conversion, but I was expecting a lot more out of him and his first reception from Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure was a drop. And that kind of just like shook him up and played out weirdly. So there's some guys on this roster where it's like, it's week five. You either need to step up or, or head to the sideline and regroup for a minute, but just stop dressing out if you're not going to be a contributing factor. And I think eliminating the maybes or could be's in this offense will help them have more of a strategic, reliable plan so that they can adjust easier, adjust quicker and, you know, kind of pivot when they need to, because we knew that Dean Pease's defense, you know, they can throw multiple different schemes out there. They can be pretty versatile, be pretty creative. And I think they just lost their way when it came to adjusting and um, they lost the creativity in that second half there halfway through the third quarter. But other than that, one little highlight that, or shout out, yeah. We tend to evaluate all these players throughout offense and stuff. And I know that Tom Brady's the goat and we can probably talk about him to like a sickness, but I mean, 35 completions out of 53 attempts, 351 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, you know, a shoulder that's hanging in there, fingers that are hanging in there and, you know, off the field distractions. It's just, it's huge to see what Tom Brady can still do and how he can still produce 351 yards in a game without throwing five touchdowns is is amazing and and still very impressive and Tom Brady still deserves so much rave for doing what he's doing at 45 years old amongst the masses so definitely probably my last little highlight of offense okay it's so interesting you say that I'm so glad that you did because I'm about to have the weirdest take ever and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this there were times today Casey not large periods of time but moments, instances mm -hmm. where I started to question Tom Brady a little bit. There were just a few missed throws. Right. Where it's like, oh, that's that's not typical God. Tom Brady. Oh, you're God. that wasn't on the receiver. That was on you, Tom. Like yeah. you threw it at his feet or 
you threw it ahead of him or you're throwing it behind him. It didn't happen often. I'm not, this is my question mark for the day. I just, I don't want to make too big of a deal of it. I'm not trying to make too big of a deal of it. I just, there were moments today where I was like, is Tom Brady between his hand and his shoulder? Because you saw him finicking with his hand more today than I've seen him in other games. Right. Um, is he showing his age? Is is there something wrong with his hand? Is is there something going on? Are we starting to see Tom Brady's humanness? Because he hasn't seemed human for a long period of time. And today, he seemed a little bit human at times. And it made me put a question mark. Not in his abilities, not in mm-hmm. un- the stats that you just gave us, Casey. But just like, is this the same Tom? It just made me go, hmm. Is it the same guy? Huh. That's weird that he missed that throw. Huh. That's weird that he missed another. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there were just a few things that felt uncharacteristic of the expect from Tom Brady because he has become this superhuman. And I just am wondering, am I crazy? Has anyone else seen it? Am I making too big? Is even bringing this up making too big of a deal of this? Mm-hmm. See, what's your take? I think, I think as a as a whole, we're seeing a little bit more of a raw Tom Brady. You and I have talked about this, you know, a couple of times. So while he still gives the same answer, it's just football. It's fine. I mean, somebody asked about his shoulder in post game today, and he goes, "It's great," <laughs> you know. But then tomorrow on Twitter and, and Instagram and on his stories and everything else, you know, you're you're gonna see him kind of mention it in, in a way that says, "Hey, yeah, this is the thing that I'm dealing with, but we're not gonna talk about it." So I don't. We and we've said this before. There's a lot of things that Brady says and does that he never would have said and did in New England, or maybe with his first year at the Bucks, maybe his second year at the Bucks. But now, you know, it's his third year. He's trying to be on this fine line of being more human, being more authentic, giving enough to the world, reserving enough for himself. And with everything that he's going through, you know, I can only imagine that internal battle of how much to give and how much not to give, even though he's probably so exhausted masking it all. You know, that's what I'm seeing. I just see a lot of exhaustion regardless of his play, you know? So I would say that, you know, we've seen him kind of tamper with injuries and and stuff before, but not to the point where he wears it on his face. And maybe that's the biggest difference that we're starting to see now is that Brady's wearing his emotions, whether he wants to or not. And he's going to say it's great while his face looks like it's horrible and, that's new for us. It's, it's very new for us. It's definitely new. It just, I don't want to freak anyone out. Don't, don't come at me with the hate. It's just a question mark. Something to note. It's new from Tom Brady. Next, we'll get into the defense. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us here at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns for our Falcons versus Bucks game review. It's time to talk about some defense might be your favorite part or unit or aspect of the team. If you will, I know growing up, it was all about the defense for me. I liked those heavy hitting linebackers and the exciting contact that you somewhat have and somewhat don't have anymore these days. And the good news, Kaylee, is the fact that this defense performed a lot better than they did last week versus the Chiefs. So that's a plus. That's, that's something that we talked about needed to happen. Hundred percent. I yeah. mean, they they suffocated this Falcons offense for like three quarters. They they really did a fantastic. And so, I mean, this doesn't happen often. And I, we talked about this on I think either Tuesday or Thursday's podcast, where I the defense what they went through last week with the Chiefs giving up giving up more than. 40 points. And that was just a third time Todd Bowles in the Tampa Bay defense has 
ever allowed 40 points in a game Mm -hmm. since I think like 2019. So really putting up and, and making the Falcons put up zeros for three quarters, not letting them move. I mean, they just really had it locked in. There was almost nothing that the Falcons could do. And you do have to take into account the Falcons are missing two of their top guys. So, I mean, that probably is a little bit of a help. But oh, even yeah. still, this Bucks defense really showed themselves to be back in that category of, like, this is an elite defense. And Back last week was just a fluke. And that was my, yeah. that was the case that I made. I was like, I think last week was just a fluke. Absolutely. But they had to prove it this week. And they came out. And I and I think for the most part, they proved that last week was just a fluke. Mm-hmm. And that this is the defense that you can have confidence in. And they can play lights out. And they did that for most yeah. of the Yep. And like I said, you, you hit it on the head there with it being a fluke and maybe it was the backyard ball that, that, that Patrick Mahomes delivers. It was just really hard to game plan for, but you know, they mentioned it last week, they weren't making their tackles. They were just kind of really scattered. Um, they weren't executing on what their coverages should have been and their schemes. There was a lot of miscues back there. So this looks like a more piece together team. And as you just mentioned, Kaylee, yeah, they, they, they got back in the conversation of being one of the best defenses. You know, they came in with five sacks and with guys, one guy that you just, you gotta mention Jolly Roger fans. I have said week in and week out, it's going to be Joe Tryon Shanka time. It's going to oh be Joe Tryon Shanka yes. time. Please I go feel on. like Joe Tryon Shanka is going to get it. He's going to do it. What did Joe Tryon Shanka do? He finally stopped making me look like a hopeless, hopeless romantic here on this podcast that has so much hope in him thinking that this is going to be the day that he just glows and shows up and he did it guys. He showed up. So while he may have not been top of the pack when it came to tackles, combined tackles, assist tackles and all that fun statistical stuff, he got to wrap up on a sack and you could just feel how much he has been waiting for that moment, that full execution, not a half sack, but that full, all him, you know, all gas, no breaks let like load in on a sack. And he got that on a running quarterback, which should always be a little bit more of an honorable mention in my case. Like if I played defensive end or outside linebacker or any guy that gets to touch the quarterback, it would be a highlight for me if it was a, a running quarterback as Shaq Barrett has mentioned, Shaq Barrett kind of was a little lower in the tackling pack today, which was interesting. You didn't really hear or see much of him in a, in a splashy fashion, but Five sacks for this defense, which was awesome. Logan Hall collected his second NFL career sack. So that's something to be really excited about and to look forward to, Bucks fans, because this is a kid who, another quiet person, you can't really get a read on him. You just know he has this tremendous work ethic. He's getting acclimated in the system. He's getting up to NFL speed. He had a lot of great conversations circulating around him coming out of Houston, and he's starting to really show what that next level Logan Hall is going to look like. So I love seeing him in the sack action. I love seeing JTS in the sack action. And then last week, Kaylee, post game, I mentioned to you, I'm like, we didn't hear much of, of Antoine Winfield Jr. His name has been kind of silent. Well, he led the team in tackles today, which thankfully, and he also got a sack, which you love to freaking see. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a, is a safety guys. I think he's barely like five ten, maybe barely five. Well, five nine is a little exaggeratory, but you know, small statured <laughs> guy makes his hits count. And whenever this dude gets a gets a sack. It's just, it's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's, I don't know. It's there. I, I, I run out of words to describe just how much you enjoy seeing that. And once he lets off from that sack and the way that he just dances around the field, he's like a little bolt of thunder. <laughs> he's exciting. He's very exciting. And I, and I'm pretty sure that he, he was the first or if not second sack of the game. Like he, he really kind of got things going for this yes. defense, uh, and and really kind of let the, let the spark exactly from the get go. Like, hey, you're not like if you put yourself at risk, like we're gonna come and we're gonna get you. Mm-hmm. And you love to see it. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where both teams did a really good job of protecting the ball today. There, there, there weren't any fumbles. There weren't any interceptions. Um, but 
you put that aside, you look at what this defense was able to do and from different spots, like in the deep, right. From like the guys on the line, but even like the guys out there, right. Like they're Mm -hmm. all contributing. They're all making themselves known. And that's really, really important that it's not, it's not the same guy every week, Casey, that we're talking about on defense. Some weeks it's Carlton Davis. Some weeks it's Antoine Winfield Jr. Some, you know, like some weeks it's Jamel Dean. Like we're talking about different names every single week. And you know what that shows me? A, this is a cohesive unit. B, this is a team that has depth. And that they don't, you, you know, if one guy is on, that guy's going to shine. And they're going to continue to enable that guy to shine. Mm-hmm. Defense is one of those positions where you, it really, it like hypes you up. The more great plays you make, the more you feel confident. And like, the more you feel like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like eat this man alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so true. And so it's just one of those things where it's like confidence breeds confidence in, mm-hmm. in that realm. And it's so good to see that different guys are getting confident. Different mm-hmm. guys are stepping up. Different guys in different moments are are getting the the spotlight to shine. Or um, some guys are waking up finally. Exactly. Yep. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. On that note, I mean, I mean, what's a guy that you you're you're really impressed with? And I I know that you have somebody in mind. Tell me who <laughs> who, who you're thinking of that you're like. Thank you for hello. <laughs> hello. Welcome to the chat. Or as I like to tweet all the time, so-and-so has entered the chat. Uh, exactly. Jolly Roger fans, Vita Vea entered the chat today. He decided, hey, I'm going to make up for kind of an embarrassing performance all season long. Maybe, you know, since week two, uh, week three, week four for sure. And all of a sudden got in on some action. So Vita Vea was one of the five sacks today. And it was necessary. This man got paid. This man has a big task on his shoulders and he can't come into a season like this where everybody's really hoping that they piece together the exact formulated roster to take this team to the Super Bowl. They don't want to just get knocked out in playoffs. They want to go play in the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl and send Brady out with his final ring, that eighth ring. So a big component of that is Via Vea eating up that interior, that inside, getting to the quarterback, making that other offensive line dread the moment they stepped on the field to face Vita Vea. Vita Vea was that name that almost aligned with Michael Myers. It was terrifying. And that terror was just eradicated. It, it didn't exist the first couple of weeks. And not that it really popped back in today, guys. I'm not going to jump off the deep end here, but <laughs> you know, for him to get a sack to see how how reveled up he got getting that sack to see how he kind of responded after every single play. I think Vita Vea is fully aware of the fact that he definitely has strides that he needs to make and he needs to make them sooner rather than later, like weeks ago. So off to a good start having that sack today, being, um, being a, being a piece of that con- conductor, if you will, being a, one of the conductors on the defense today, aside from him though, it was really, you saw Devin white do Devin white things. Um, he was somewhat in on the Vita Vea sack and he did his cowboy celebration. And then you got Winfield Jr. <laughs> a couple steps behind him doing the same celebration. A, a great tweet went went around during the game that's like, get you a friend like Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, shout out to Jill for that one because that was great. You want a friend who's going to celebrate you just as much as you do. And um, that's what was going on. So, yeah, we definitely saw the defense still remain somewhat chill, even though they were picking up some pretty big plays. Um, my biggest note, though would be that the first half and Kaylee, this really kind of plays into what you said in the beginning of the segment, you know, offense, better start, better adjustments, first half, second half, what happened? Uh, Defense, you know, really held this Falcons team down. They were almost shut out. And then, you know, they only let up, I think what kicked things off for them was letting the Falcons into the end zone and stuff. And the Falcons threw some things their way. Again, Marcus Mariota likes to use his feet. They had some trick plays in there. All of a sudden, Felipe Franks is a tight end and not a quarterback. That threw me for a whirl. I was like, wait a minute. I know that name. Went to school with his brother. Felipe Franks plays quarterback. When did he turn into a tight end? Jeez. That was a whole conversation that uh, I I went nuts about. But yeah, you're going to throw some funky things out there and it takes a minute to adjust and and know what you're queuing in on. But it was the fourth quarter for me where this defense really let off the gas. And I get it. 
at that point, as you mentioned, Kaylee, the offense had had multiple too many three and outs, which keeps your defense on the field, which, you know, starts exhausting them as a, as a unit and as an option. Devin White said something really stupid after the game, though. Like, oh, when you're doing something along the lines of when you're doing so well, sometimes you just get like lax or something or like it's not your job to get lax. It's your job to play four quarters of football. So please don't ever say that again. Um, yeah. But they did let off the gas in the fourth quarter and allowed the Falcons to get within reign of potentially stealing that win. Um, yeah. They had no business getting to 15, you know, when the Bucks had a 21 lead and they were really struggling to get past seven. So it was the fact that they went from managing third downs so well in the first half, which is something that they sucked at last week. So I was excited to see that. And then all of a sudden come second half, they're still doing okay, okay, okay. And then on third down, a big pass, a big play would happen from the Falcons. And then it ended up getting swapped over and they lived to see another down. So thankfully I got to ask Coach Bowles about that after the game because I was really itching to see. And anybody who has any interest in this career, it's one of those moments that I just want to kind of put everyone at ease. Inhale, exhale. When you're terrified to ask something, just ask because – I, I hear things, I see things, and I wonder, am I am I seeing this correctly? Am I am evaluating this correctly? And sometimes you don't know until you ask. So thankfully, I got to ask Coach Bowles after I was just like, inhale, exhale, speak, Casey, <laughs> on the defense's third down management in the first half versus the second half, what his thoughts were. And he said, we won the distance of how we wanted to play them with the third and minus seven in the first half. I thought they won the second half, keeping it third and short or less. This is a team, by the way, I'm not quoting this anymore. This is a team that's really good with third and short management. That was said a lot leading into this game. Um, so it was kind of a tell of two halves. We started out well, understood what we had. They are very good third and short team. We try to keep them out of that. They got some third and one opportunities in the second half that they took advantage of. So it was just that, you know, they started mismanaging a very, very crucial down. And if they can play all four quarters, Kaylee goes back to what you've said from the beginning of the season. They are contested to be one of the top defenses in this league and very much unstoppable. Yeah. And I think the scary part, and, and again, I hinted at it before, the scary part in today's game was that the defense let off the gas. And I think that's probably the correct terminology to use because mm -hmm. they, they knew exactly what this offense was doing, this Falcons offense. And they had it. I mean, the way that the coaching staff really prepared this defense for the structure and the schemes that this Falcons offense was going to run. I mean, credit to them because for mm -hmm. three quarters, they shut this Falcons offense out. And then right when the defense lets up, the offense starts struggling. And that made it scary for a moment where yeah. you thought with like almost four minutes to go, this Falcons team has a shot to come back and not just tie the game, but a touchdown for them would win it. Right. And they had enough time to be able to do it. Now that's not how it, it, it panned out. And there were a few things that happened and that, that, you know, it made it okay, but you can't put yourself in that position offensively mm -hmm. or defensively. Right. right. Right now we're talking about the defense mm -hmm. and defensively they let up. Mm -hmm. And that's just not something that you can do. You can't ever put yourself out of a game in that kind of way. Uh, you can't let a team, I mean, it, you can't let a team score 15 points in one quarter. You held them to nothing for three quarters. Then all of a sudden. 15 up on you? You let them get a two-point conversion? Like, that was... That was the part that really set me off the deep end. Yeah. Because you do it. You accomplish a two-point conversion. That should have been your flashy moment. That should have been your runway moment of the game that nobody else can come and collect on. And then here you go. Let them have it too. Who plays like that? Yeah. It, it, it was utterly – it left me scratching my head because – to further go, I'm going to be a little bit more harsh than what Todd Bowles was. It didn't feel like the tale of two halves. It felt like the tale of 
a team that is executing and a team that is not. And I think mm-hmm. that's what was happening. Like they knew how to execute. It's not that the Falcons were making like a crazy ton of adjustments. They just stopped executing on what they were previously executing well. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the biggest frustration point because when the defense is on, they truly, truly are one of the best defenses, if yeah. not the best defense in their like division, but maybe in the NFL. I mean, like the, this is a really, really good defense. Um, yeah. And I mean, like even what they were able to do with the run game, like this is a real, a really strong running team. They, they, Mariota was their biggest threat today. They averaged over 160 yards per game, Casey. The defense mm-hmm. kept them to 150. So, I mean, they they executed well enough to win, but not well enough to be to beat other teams, you know, yeah. and, and because they're going to face, and I, again, I'm not downplaying this Falcons team, but they're going to face even stronger teams than this Falcons Absolutely. Team. And yeah. you have to execute play in and play out. I'm going to reference this because it just stuck out in my brain. It, when we're, when we were talking to some of the lightning players in this past NHL Stanley cup run that they had, they mm-hmm. said that once you win the Stanley cup, that you play every single, um, every single time you're out there, you are playing as if it might be the very last time. Because yeah. you don't know, because you don't know if you're going to win or you don't know at the end of the, at the end of the game, at the end of the series, you don't know what play is going to lead to something else. It's going to lead mm-hmm. to the goal. It's going to lead to this. It's going to lead to that. And that's what I didn't see in this team today. I didn't yeah. see them in the fourth quarter. I did not see them play every single down as if it was their last down, as if it really mattered. Yeah. And to win a championship, that's the mentality that you have to have. And this whole team has to buy into that mentality. So mm-hmm. that's my biggest critique because I see in this team a team that can be a championship caliber, but they have to start executing yep. all four quarters. Consistently, absolutely. I don't think there's any other better way to put that than than how you just said it. Um, so we'll leave defense with that. Honestly, I think if anything, it's time to just switch back to that positive <laughs> note. Let's fix some standout players. You know, we they got the W. We're proud of them. Um, still a pretty interesting game to watch, but I think yeah. it's agreed on, on on all fronts. Fourth quarter still has to be a seal the deal, full executed you know, highly motivated quarter for them. So Kaylee, we started to kind of get into this a little (laughs) bit, but now here's the platform to shout it from the mountaintops. The way that I like to talk about Kate (laughs) and who is your standout player? uh, I'm going to be so so basic. Can I give you both? (laughs) Can I just name offense and defense? I'm not going to take long and do it. I'm not going to take long. Let's just roll with it. It's so basic, you guys. I already told you how basic I am. I love Taylor Swift. I love the fall. <laughs> Give me pumpkin spice. Give me Lenny. Oh. Give me Winfield Jr. Give them to me. Lenny is as good as the pumpkin is. Honestly. Leonard Fournette. Like, look at what this man did today. You talk about the epitome of putting a team on your back. Put He put this whole team on his back. And he the decided he wasn't just going to do it in one fashion. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I that mean, made him spicy. Goodness. He had 14 <laughs> carries for 56 yards leading the rushing attack today. Mm-hmm. He had 10 receptions for 83 yards leading the receiving caps. today. I mean, yeah. this, this man amounted for like 139 yards. Am I doing that math correctly? Almost 150 a day. That's bonkers. That is, oh, pumpkin spice Lenny. That's Lenny, great- I was waiting to see it. <laughs> James. James. That's got to be the best nickname. It's all encompassing. He is so good. He's he is so, so he's good. so good. You yeah. can't have the fall without him. Pumpkin nope. spice money. 
I think that's I the winner. It. I want to ask him about it. it. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, that's his new name to me. The He's funny like, part about today is when I asked him about those two ridiculous nicknames because I just kept changing my tweets. He goes, where did this one come from? And I'm like, just give me, don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't want to sit there and be like, I'm sitting here trying to contemplate your next viral nickname, Lenny. But Pumpkin Spice Lenny, uh, whether he likes it or not, it's going. I mean, I'm I'm only referring to him as Pumpkin Spice Lenny <laughs> from now on. The man just gets it done. He like, let, let's go. Let's go, Lenny. I mean, just all of it. He, again, it's basic. Oh, but dude life. freaking eight today and I yeah. like I had to give him props um Antoine Winfield Jr the, the, seven tackles one assist a sack he just made his presence known anywhere he was on the field he, like he made his presence known it was and so defense, good I, gosh I love to see it and I, I, he just got me excited he like felt like a little kid like watching mm -hmm. like he was out there having fun and that made me like have fun. So yeah. I loved it. I loved that he was playing the game well. I loved that he was enjoying the game. I think he just like brought the liveliness to the mm -hmm. defense today. And I loved it. So I know it's super basic. Call me, call me basic all you want. I'm <laughs> going to stand by my pumpkin spice Lenny and by Antoine Woodfield Jr. I love it. I think that's hard to top. You you, <laughs> you really made a case with that one and and more so gave Lenny another amazing nickname. But you're so right about Antoine Winfield Jr. And what I love about you even mentioning him is the fact that anytime a reporter asks him anything in regards to the game, anything about a big play that he does, his response is always this. I just love playing football. It's just fun. I want to go out there and have fun. It really is all about having fun for him. And it translates. It translates in his playing. It translates in his athleticism. It translates to the fans. It translates to anybody watching his game. And I don't know. That's just like low-key a big reminder. If you're not loving what you're doing, pivot. Because you you excel when you love it. And this kid loves the sport. And it's so. it was just great to hear his name again and see him be more involved than than what we heard last week. I know he was still up there in tackles, but you just really didn't hear much of the splash from him. And and that was revived. So love that pick. Um, as if I haven't raved about this kid enough. I <laughs> I have to, and aside from my own personal, like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see where Kate Otten goes. Giving him the standout player for me is because, again, to come into this game, to come off of that bad loss versus the Chiefs last week, to have Cam Braid out, um, to have Kyle Rudolph as a mentor and you would have thought that he would have been the second up if anything happened to Cam Braid or anybody else. And it falls on Kate Otten's shoulders. So to be able to just assume that responsibility and to do so well and to be one of the top two receivers on this roster heading into halftime and then close out top four, that's huge for this rookie tight end. And in this system where they really kind of hold you to being a true tight end, if you will, you're either blocking or, or you're catching or you you're better off doing the being able to do both very well. And I think he's grooming himself to be a very formidable tight end down the stretch here. So just stand out in the sense of he showed that he could take on more responsibility. He exited well with what he was given today in terms of that responsibility. He's very mature. He's very passionate about this sport. And I'm just, I'm so, so waiting to see just how he builds game upon game upon game or, uh, as Bree and Chris Godwin put it, brick by brick. So Kate Otten's my offense. Defense, this is a little hard for me. Or maybe it's not so hard. Maybe I just go with JTS because I've been asking for him to do, you know, to, to have That's a sack like that for yeah. weeks. I've been asking for that sack, and I got it yep. today. So, yeah, I'm going to keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, it's JTS for me. And where this gets even better is the build-off. JTS, you should yep. be in that sack column every single week 100%. with his athleticism and his size and his frame. You should be in that column every single week. So now you just put accountability in a whole different level, but I'm going to give you credit where it's due. JTS is my standout defensive player um, for this week versus the Falcons. So with that positive, so many positives, I think at least we finally earned that. Yeah, comes the, for sure. Comes the dauntingness. <laughs> but we can't we can't wrap up the pod case without somebody something something on the plank for me casey today it's it's simple here's the thing 
<laughs> There's always going to be a human element to football. Mm-hmm. It is frustrating sometimes, but every team goes through it. Tell me a team that hasn't had a a frustrating call, a frustrating loss, a frustrating something that you're thinking, oh, that should have been overturned or, oh, that was a stupid call or, oh, like, I guess by the letter of the law, that's a call, but is it really (laughs) like just, and again, I, I know it, but it happens to every single team. And so to hear all of these people chirping about, oh, we would have won if not for the refs. It's like, hey, hey, you don't know that. Are you, can you tell the future? Can you create a multiverse dimension and play it out and tell me that you would have won? Because you were losing, just FYI, the team was mm-hmm. losing. Um, and everybody's gone through it. Every fan base has gone through it. Every player has gone through it. Every coach has gone through it. Everyone has experienced the same thing where like you feel like you had a bad bad day and the refs call all the calls against you and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. That's the only reason. Yeah. Everybody has had a game like that. But the reality is, is like, while there are plays that, happen like that a it happens to everyone you're not the only team and b like you don't really know if this actually was going to impact the re the rest of the game because your team was already losing so just mm-hmm. like hearing all of the excuses and all the frustration of, and i'm not saying the frustration isn't warranted be frustrated with the rest right like, would have won and don't make that argument because that's a stupid argument like that's a dumb argument. Like send them, Kaylee. Be like be better logistically. Be better logistically. <laughs> make a more valid argument. If you want to sit here and argue with me, fine. Make a more valid argument. Step up. So all of the people that are saying, "Oh, our team would have won if the refs would have walk the plank, take your whining <laughs> and like walk off the plank," because you know what? I have an eighteen-month-old son, and he doesn't even whine as much as you do. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Riled Up Kaylee is back. She's one of our favorite versions of Kaylee besides Pumpkin Spice and Taylor Swift. If you just love her for who she is, but Riled Up. You know, I couldn't agree more, though. I know that there was so much conversation about the roughing the passer deal. And, you know, it's funny because when it happened, I even looked next to me to Deandra and I was like, maybe, maybe if he wasn't 45, would this be a questionable call? But it was just the, it was the, um, the over enticing excitement of nailing this guy, if you will, they, they just kind of brought some dramatics to it. And if you're going to be dramatic, you're going to get a call. Uh, and this doesn't take away from the fact that there was definitely two blatant pass interference calls that did not get called for Scotty Miller. So it goes both ways, folks. I couldn't agree with Kaylee Moore. Walk the plank, stop whining, go cool off, call it a day, regroup for next week for whoever you face. Um, walk the plank for me. Gosh, it's so hard because my brain is just getting dragged into the drama of why. Why does Antonio Brown still have social media? Is anybody going to hit this man with some sort of defamation lawsuit? I'm just tired of seeing it. And people are still thinking that they're doing some sort of due diligence by quote tweeting it and telling this man how garbage he is. Stop sharing it. Stop giving this man a platform. Stop giving this man such an such an extended voice. Stop letting this BS travel beyond the fingers, the Twitter fingers of Antonio Brown and his psychosis. I just I, I hate seeing it before him. games. I don't see it anymore. Oh, and the thing is, I don't, I don't follow. I don't do. It's because of the people that are quote tweeting it that it's just like yeah. back in my face. And like it even kind of tampers with my mood for a hot second before a game. So while I don't want to be as basic as talking about Antonio Brown, and I know some people are like, oh, well, you're talking about it. So you're giving it a platform. Sure, I'll eat that maybe. But it's just frustrating to to still have that be a thing right now. And it's just not relevant. It's not relevant. A human being is going through something that – most people would just be broken to pieces about and could not function. And he's out here still trying to carry a team. The same credit that I give to Kate Otten dealing with a death in the middle of season. Yeah. Death to a relationship is just as crucial. So that part really, really worked me. And, um, 
that's like the biggest thing that I can think of. I mean, you, you had a great one with the refs and the calls and, and all that stuff. But for me, it's just like, let's get into a game that doesn't have all of this catastrophic drama beforehand and let social media kind of reel in where it needs to. Yeah. Just let's remember humanity. It's what we've talked about from the beginning of this. We're all humans. And as much as we would like to treat and see people as superhuman, like the day motions, they bleed the same blood that we bleed. And um, it's just not, it's just not cool. It's just not right to treat a human that way. Just even if you don't down. like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Walk the plank and stop, stop continuing to just, yeah. Feed into, into this drama. Stop it. Bleed walk. it out. Bleed it out. Clear it out. We need to like, <laughs> what's the stuff whenever you like. Sage. We need some sage. sage. <laughs> we need to sage. Everything in that. In that Tampa Bay locker room, just sage it Twitter all. Twitter needs a sage reset, reset and restart. Yeah. percent. So well, fans, thank you guys so much for listening. If you agree with us, then make sure to uh, maybe maybe send this little clip, this little clip of going off to your Falcons friends. Send Love it out. Say, hey, just so you know, uh, your whining can walk the plank. <laughs> send it over to them. You've got somebody who's tweeting too much. Send it over to them. Walk the plank. Or if you want to uh, give KDOT a shout out, if you want to have some question marks about Tom Brady, I don't know if anybody else wants to do that with me. Um, <laughs> uh, send this, share it, let us know what you guys think. And remember, we have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can catch those wherever you get your podcasts. But you're going to want to download the Odyssey app because there are a lot of extras in that app. Uh, and so you're going to want to turn that app on, turn it on auto download, and just get those rolling into your phone. I'm telling you, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as you drink your coffee, as you get your kids ready for school, as you hit the gym, whatever you're doing on Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, we've got you covered with the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jolly Rogers TDS. I'm Kaylee Mizell for my excellent co-host, Casey Hudson. She can be found at Sports Case, K-A-S-E. I can be found at Kaylee Mizell. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.